guys, welcome back to Allergic to Grace podcast. I'm Victoria. And I'm Whitney. And we're so glad you joined in to listen today. Today's episode, we're going to continue our discussion through Exodus with chapters 3 through 5. But to pick up where we left off, let's quickly recap what we saw in chapters 1 and 2. In chapter 1, Israel increases greatly in Egypt. The Pharaoh oppresses the Israelite people to extreme measures, including killing all of the male babies. During this time, Moses is born, but his mother hides him for three months. When she no longer can hide him, she places him in a basket and sets him sail on the Nile River. Eventually, the Pharaoh's daughter finds him and pays his own mother to nurse him until he is older. Moses is then raised as a prince of Egypt in the Pharaoh's palace, while his people are slaves to the Pharaoh. Moses commits murder. and runs away to Midian to escape death by the Egyptians. He marries a daughter of the priest of Midian and has a son. And chapter two ends with God hearing the Israelites groaning from their suffering. So that brings us to the beginning of chapter chapter three. three. (laughs) So I have a rabbit hole moment. So this episode was so difficult for me to even begin to write notes on because I was so stuck in the last episode. Mostly because of the years. I was going to say, please tell us why. Tell us why. <laughs> the years. So remember last episode, you talked about how you were like 98% sure that the Exodus occurred in the 13th, 13th century, century, I right? think. Mm-hmm. BC. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about like what the years mean. And I told you I was really horrible about yeah, it. And the letters at the end and all everything. of that. And how I was just like, this is so stupid. I went home and I was like, this is so dumb. Like, why can't you get this? It's so simple. Not talking to you, talking to me, obviously. (laughs) Whitney, you're so dumb. Why can't you get this? You're dumb. Right? (laughs) No. So I literally spent like two or three days and it's terrible that it took me two or three days, but I spent two or three days. It was a lot. Researching what the years mean and how it correlates to the Bible timeline. And there's a lot of information out there and you got to be kind of careful because, you know, sometimes you'll run across, especially if you get dug down into like ancient history, especially like the history of Egypt, you'll see things like on National Geographic and like all this stuff about how Egypt is like millions of years old and like things that are from millions of years ago. But according to the Bible, the the earth isn't that old. Nope. Right? Nope. So that's where you have to kind of be careful and draw that line of, okay, well, why why do people think that, number one, which I don't really know know why. why. You know why? Well, because... I mean, we have the answer. It's in the Bible. So if you don't believe what the Bible says. I guess. I guess. I don't really have a real answer. I don't have a real answer either. I mean. Yeah. Anyway. Because they're dumb? No. No. (laughs) So um, all of the things that I had found on the years revolves around the uh, viewpoint of a young earth creation, as in what is written in the Bible, what actually happened, as in in the first of days, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Mm-hmm. And in six days, he created everything. Yes. Not six million years. Correct. So going back to the whole timeline thing. Okay. BC and AD. Yes. Right. Okay. So BC is before Christ. Yes. We know this. We knew right? that. We knew that. It starts. No, I'm going to go continue. AD. What do you think AD means? After death. After death, right? That's what I thought too. I was like, it's after death, after the death of Christ. Yes. But okay, so let's think. 
Christ was born, he lived about 30 some years, and then he died. So what would be that in-between time point? Oh, yeah. That makes absolutely no sense. I, I DC s- during Christ? Right? <laughs> no. District so, of Columbia? <laughs> seriously. Anyway. AD does not stand for after death. It stands for a, a Latin word I'm going to completely butcher. Do your best. It's Anno Domini. Okay. Um, which means the year of our Lord in Latin. Okay. So AD is when Christ was born. Okay. Not when he died. Yes. I'm okay. with you. You're I'm with, with me. You. So AD started on Christmas when Jesus was born. When Jesus was born. And we're not going to go into the whole Christmas in July thing. But when Jesus was born. You know that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Save for the New Testament. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> anyway. All right. So BC counts down while AD counts up. Okay. So at the beginning of the world, say, for example, in the timelines that I had found, it was doing a young earth creation. So it was about 4,000 years before Christ was born. Okay. Okay. So it starts at the year 4,000. Yeah. And counts down. Okay. Year one. It goes backwards. It goes so basically backwards. like year one was 4,000. Year so two God was 3,999. Yes. Okay. It goes down. And the centuries go down as well. So it would be the 14th century, the 13th century, okay. the whatever 12th right. century. Okay. I don't know if I'm saying that right completely. But right? 14, 4, 40th century. Just kidding. I started way too early. Well, we. I think I thought... We, I thought we were just picking a random number, but it starts at the 40th century at the 4,000th year. Okay. Which is the beginning of the world. It's year one. Year one. <laughs> Do you is, see how Year this is one confusing? is really year 4,000. Yes. The 40th century. Yes. Because, okay. because if you think about it, Christ's birth is the starting point for everything. Yeah. We count our years up from Christ's birth, so we can only count the years back from his birth. So really, so, okay. When people got together and did this timeline, they did it around the birth of Christ. Okay. Because Christ had already come, he had died, he had gone back to heaven, right? Okay, yeah. So they took the law and they did the math, what's in the law, to find that it was about 4,000 years prior to when Christ was born. Okay. That the heavens and the earth and everything was created. That makes sense. Okay. So there is no year zero. So it counts down from 4,000 to 1 BC and it starts starts 1 AD. The year of our Lord. Okay. So there's no year zero. Okay. Okay. There is some stipulation of when Christ was actually born. So Christ wasn't born in the year 1 AD. When the people who did this timeline or whatever, and I don't even know when this happened or who did it. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going into mm-hmm. that rabbit hole. <laughs> no. No, no. They were a little bit off just because in the New Testament, the year that Herod died was 4 BC. So, and Herod was... Around when Christ was born. Yes. That's why he fled to Egypt. So he was born actually around like 5 to 7 BC. He was born or he died? He was born. Jesus Jesus was born. born Okay. Around 4 or 5 BC. 5 or 7, not 4 or 5, sorry. That's what all the sources I said found. It was just a little off. Just a tiny bit. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so BC counts down, AD counts up. Yes. And the centuries are all the same. The centuries are 100 year time points. time spans or whatever Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. the first century ad would be year one to year 100 100, actually 99 but whatever i'm saying Mm -hmm. 
and then so on and so forth. That's why the centuries are always off. So like we're in the 21st century right now, but we're in the 20th year. So it's 2023. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's the 21st century. Yeah, that makes sense. That's why it's off by year. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the BC. So moving away from the BC AD, we're looking at the CE and the BCE eras, right? Mm -hmm. Eras, whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's where it it confused me because I was like, what's the difference between BC, AD, CE, BCE? Because where does BCE and CE occur? Right? So. So BC and BCE are the ways that people they came up because they didn't want to offend any other religions because this says anno domini the year of our lord it's based around jesus's birth they didn't want to offend anybody they're like before christ it's all very religious yes Mm -hmm. so -hmm. they come up with this terminology to make people feel better that is before common era and common i remember reading before common era BCE is before Common Era, which is the same exact thing as BC. And CE is Common Era, which is exactly the same thing as AD. Just different terms because they don't want to offend people. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Funny enough, the timelines still revolve around the birth of Christ. Mm -hmm. You hear that? You hear that? (laughs) All time is centered around Christ. It is. Everything that, like, if you follow the seven day work week or the seven day week and and you think that this year is 2023, I hate to break it to you, your but you believe in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your time is centered around Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Legit. So to put it into perspective, because you always thought about the timelines being separate from that of the Bible, right? So Alexander the, the Great, you know who Alexander the yes. Great is, okay? He was around 336 to 323 BC before Christ. So like we have evidence and we have information of other people outside of the Bible, which we already knew this, that existed before Christ and existed after Christ. Did you know that Buddha lived like 400 years before Christ did? That's crazy. We have evidence and we have like stuff that, goes way back in time of all these other different places that we can pinpoint the timelines of the actual biblical yeah. events. Yeah, it's crazy. Yes. Crazy. Yes, but you were correct in saying that the Exodus happened in the 13th century BC because Moses was likely born around 1526 BC mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the Exodus from Egypt happened in 1446 BC. Yeah, those are the exact years or numbers that I have found. So, now, talking about the age of Egypt, because mm-hmm. that was a point of contention for me because I kept seeing all of this evidence about how Egypt is a lot older than what we say it is. It's actually thousands and thousands and thousands of years old, like older than the earth. Made no sense. So I did a little research and they are going off of when they set these timelines for Egypt's age and like when they place certain things of why they were there, like if they come into like a a tomb or something and they see that it's a specific pharaoh, they know exactly where he reigned at and where when he reigned because of the accurate records, quote unquote, accurate records Mm -hmm. that the Egyptian kept about their leaders. Now. Egypt is split up into provinces, basically, during the biblical times. Yes. And they had multiple pharaohs in multiple different Mm -hmm. areas. Mm -hmm. Now, 
the way that some historians look at the evidence that was given in Egypt is in a linear timeline, saying that there was only one pharaoh who reigned for a certain amount of time, and then there was the next pharaoh who reigned for a certain amount of time. Right. And they line them up butt to butt, basically, yeah. for those timelines, which makes Egypt seem a lot yeah, older that than it actually is. So, for example, in our terms, if you were to take the House of Representatives, for example, and line them up chronologically for their length of time that they have served mm-hmm. back to back you can only have one representative at a time at a time yeah that makes the no united sense. states would be forever years old yeah it makes no sense so that's why egypt is often thought of being older than it actually yeah. is when in actuality it's not egypt settled about 10 to 30 years after the flood okay that's not that big of a time span when you think about it in like the bigger terms of yeah so it's entirely plausible that 30 to 10 years at 10 to 30 years after the flood the pyramids of giza were i was gonna say that's when they were built then that makes so much sense if if egypt was formed or settled started being settled you know in that short time period after the flood that gives us all this time for them to be building those giant things yeah because the flood occurred in about 2348 ish we don't really know because come mm-hmm. on um and then israel's exodus from egypt was 1446 46. so we have a gigantic time span yeah. between that time point mm-hmm. so it's entirely plausible that that's exactly what happened exactly what happened yeah <laughs> but that's years i did a bunch of research on like things that were done during like um the timelines and like how it connects to the outside world that's where i found that little tidbit about buddha yes it's interesting wealth of knowledge out there you just have to sift through yeah and just yeah biblically reference it seriously so that was my rabbit hole oh geez 15 minutes that was a good one though that was really good though about the years it helps to bring perspective i really like and again i know we've talked about this before but i really like to have real life picture to help bring reality to the bible like yes i know that it happened but it helps it helps with like real life perspective yeah we have so much information on alexander the great like what he did when he reigned what time point he was here yep before jesus by the way Mm -hmm. so the fact that some people can be like alexander the great was a real person he was actually here but we can't actually think about the plausibility that jesus actually existed Mm -hmm. is a little beyond me you know mm-hmm. so i yes. digress i was just about to say that <laughs> <laughs> anyway this episode is so jam-packed with so much stuff i feel like it we could is. do like 20 episodes on chapter three alone yeah um but we're not gonna do that no that's why it was so difficult for me to write my notes for this episode just because i there's really, so much i got stuck on chapter three verse 14 yeah it's incredible incredible stuck like for days i watched an entire lecture series by rc sproul Mm -hmm. like i legit got stuck yes it's crazy and we literally we basically had an entire we went we attended an entire women's retreat that was pretty much based around based around that yeah sure thing so it's a lot anyway let's without further ado (laughs) moses is keeping his father-in-law's flocks yes he's 80 years old at this point mind yes. you he fled egypt when he was what 400 400 40 uh, yes this isn't adam he left <laughs> Egypt. 
<laughs> when he was 40. Yes, when he was 40 years old and he's been living out here for 40 years. For 40 years. Yes. 40 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Okay, number one, there's a huge parallel there in the fact that Moses is the mediator of the old covenant and was a shepherd of a flock. Yep. Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant and is also a shepherd in a different aspect, but still. Yep. Yes. We see lots of similarities. We see a, between a Moses ton and Jesus. of similarities between yes. Moses. That was so country. So we see a ton <laughs> of similarities. <laughs> we sure do. Oh, goodness. Um, okay. So, yes. Now, Moses was keeping a flock for his father-in-law, Jethro, which also is another name for Reu. What, what's his actual name? We talked about it last episode. Mm. Ruel? Oh, yeah. Ru- Ruel? 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 I don't know. Where's Jethro. Um, verse 18 of two. Mm-hmm. When they came home to their father, Ruel. Ruel. I think it's Ruel. Mm-hmm. Jethro is also another name for that. Mm-hmm. person the same person the priest of midian um he had left his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to horeb the mountain of god mm-hmm. so i would ultimately just got stuck here on this mountain of god mm-hmm. um i my first question was like did they call it that or is that what they called it in hindsight i, I think hindsight i think it's also hindsight mm-hmm. um they say mountain of god in the biblical sense because moses was writing this after the fact yes um after all the events of basically the Pentateuch, right yeah i would assume i would assume yeah um so horeb was most likely meant like desert or desolate mm-hmm. um it's it gives an idea of the terrain where yeah. it was at the wilderness the wilderness yeah. The ter- yeah. um but it's later renamed mount sinai, mount sinai. and we're not talking about the new york hospital system <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even know that existed it's they're not yes is that where dr went oh mm-hmm. okay Mm-hmm. I believe so. Yeah. If you're listening, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um. So something catches Moses' eye. Yes. He walks by, which, mind you, he's in the middle of a desert. It's hot. Like he's probably thinking, "Am I hallucinating at this right now, or is this just a normal occurrence?" Right. He walks by and he sees a bush on fire. Yeah. Which just a bush yeah which really you know i've come to found out find out Mm -hmm. found out mm -hmm, words find out that burning bushes in the desert are really not uncommon no like this is a very common thing it's like dry brush and it's hot so like of course the the fact that this bush was on fire was not what was unusual about it no um we're gonna cycle back just a second did you know the trip from egypt to midian is about 300 miles I did not. Yeah, it was a long ways. And it was through the desert. Like, he had to go around and go through some desert. Like, he was trying to escape. He was. A fugitive of the law, if you will. Yeah. Anyway, back to the story. Yes. This burning bush. It was burning. The bush was burning. Mm -hmm. But it was not being consumed by the fire that was there. So, the flame that was there was in the bush. It was not of the bush. Right. So think about just like a, a typical fire, like an average fire. You put a piece of wood on it. What's what's happening? Like it's going to burn up. Well, like, OK, think for a split second. If you were to dip that wood into some like lighter fluid mm-hmm. and then you set it on fire, mm-hmm. it's going to it's going to be quick, but it's yes. going to burn off that lighter fluid before mm-hmm. it gets to the wood. Yeah. And that's kind of how it was for Moses. He was seeing that for that split second that yeah. we can see. Yes. 
but it was constant. Yes. There was no fuel to that fire. Exactly. So like it wasn't, there was not ash falling. It was there very were not, supernatural. There were not like branches, Smoke, you know, it was just nothing. It was just there. Yep. So this fire, it was in the bush, not of the bush. Yes. Are we going to talk about the bush? What about the bush? About how it was a regular oh, ramble yeah. bush. Yeah, there was nothing extraordinary about it. Nothing. Absolutely nothing extraordinary. No. Um, I need to look at my notes before I start talking because like <laughs> I've missed so much stuff I wanted to talk about. We're cycling back just a little bit. Sorry, my brain is on overdrive. In the 40 years that Moses was working as a shepherd mm-hmm. for his father-in-law, mm-hmm. He had to have been thinking, like, what, what is going on here? Like, why? Like, he had to have been questioning himself, don't you think? What do you mean? Because he was raised as a prince of Egypt. Uh-huh. He had all of this education. And he was being a servant, basically a shepherd for someone else when he could have been doing other things. Yeah, I think, and I kind of, I mean, I don't have a whole lot on that, but I was, so he was living very humbly. Yeah. And I think he was living humbly because he felt shame in all that he had done. You think so? Yeah, I think because think about it. It says that, first of all, he's keeping his father-in-law's flock. He doesn't even have a flock of his own. Yeah. Could he have at this point? Yeah, I'm sure. But he didn't. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, and then there's a little bit more evidence for that when we get a little bit further down. I mean, for why I think that he's just living humbly and not yeah you know because he is ashamed of the fact that a he murdered somebody i guess he became a fugitive of the law and ran away yeah and he abandoned his people yeah i would have to sit there and question myself for 40 years be like what are you doing here why are you here why are you doing it right like i would go start crazy Mm -hmm. anyway so this bush (laughs) this average bush what okay so the actual verse we're going to read it. it says and the angel of the lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush he looked and behold the bush was burning yet it was not consumed so what do you think the angel of the lord is so i hold on let please me, tell me you got a rabbit hole i did yes i did because i didn't <laughs> i went down a few rabbit holes so i was like okay because this is not the first time that we've heard the angel of the Lord. So no. throughout the Bible, we see it put a few different ways. Yeah. Hold on. I think I have a... I don't know if I saw the article brought up or not, but I want to find it. Um, but anyways, I found this article. It talks about like how throughout various at various points in the Bible, we see this a couple of different ways. We see, we see, you know, something where it says a messenger of the Lord, um, an angel of the Lord. But there are a few places and a few instances where we see something that says the angel of the Lord. Um, the and so what I read is that the difference is is that the angel of the Lord is the lord himself um and there is i know we briefly talked about this there is some thought or theory that the angel of the lord is jesus um and the reason part of the reason why people think this is because the angel of the lord is not mentioned in the new testament after jesus is born Mm mm-hmm so they think the 
angel of the Lord is Jesus. So there was a whole thing in that R.C. Sproul lecture series. Yes, I'm sure it was so good. It Tell was me. so good. Um, and I, to be honest, a lot of it went over my head because I'm a baby. It's a lot of stuff. Of R.C. Sproul and what he knows. Um, but he mentioned something called the Shekinah glory. Okay. And it's basically the visual manifestation of God's glory. So you know that God is an invisible God. He's mm-hmm. He can't be seen. Um, but Jesus is the visual manifestation of God, right? So every visual manifestation of God or the Shekinah glory is Jesus. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely does. And think about it too. Like where in the New Testament do we see the angel of the Lord? Mm-hmm. Where do we see that happening again mm-hmm. after Jesus is born? Yeah. And so like we have many instances of God coming down as his Shekinah glory like on Mount Sinai mm-hmm. when he basically made Moses's face explode mm-hmm. uh, in this mm-hmm. instance in the burning bush when in the New Testament when Saul is on his way to Damascus. Yep. Yeah. That whole light beam and it's legit it says Jesus was talking to him. Yeah. So there was not a name for him prior to this other than the son of God, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and a lot of people think that Jesus actually makes many appearances in the Old Testament as the ma- visual manifestation of God, that theophany of God. They call it a Christophany mm-hmm. is what it is. Um, he talked about how the guy, the priest, um, Mel. Oh, Mel yes. Kizadek, okay. Mm-hmm. That guy who blessed Abraham was mm-hmm. actually Jesus. Interesting. Because he doesn't have any lineage. Like there was nothing there oh wow that's and, really and he interesting. blesses abraham and then abraham tithes to him so like it's like well yeah it's speculated wow but anyway they talk about this really shekinah shekinah glory it's what he called it and it was just basically how basically what moses encounters here it's the full force of the glory of god yeah and it's like you can't look at it like even the angels, you can't. even the angels that are up there with Have him, cover their angels face. to cover their faces, <laughs> specific wings. wings yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Sorry, specific wings for shielding their eyes yes. because you can't look directly. Don't look at it; <laughs> you would explode. You, uh, yeah. Anyway, yes. so so that's what that's really interesting. Yeah. And I never, I guess I never knew or thought of any of this being Jesus, Mm -mm. you know? Mm -mm. It was just always like, I understand that Jesus is God, but specifically, but it makes so much sense. But think about it. Moses didn't know who Jesus was. Moses didn't know. Yes, Like the Trinity wasn't talked about, quote unquote, wasn't talked about in the Old Testament. Yeah. Because because they didn't know. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. I mean, it it was, but not... Not in their terms. Right. Um, So... Like when they talk about the angel of the Lord, you just kind of have to think, well, was it a messenger angel like you were talking about a couple episodes ago? Or was it actually the theophany of God himself in the form Mm -hmm. of Jesus? Not necessarily a human Jesus because... But a a visual form to humans. A visual manifestation of God himself. Mm -hmm. Whether that be in flame, whether that be in light, whether that be in a human torch that passes through the pieces and mm-hmm. makes his covenant with abraham like mm-hmm. the burning stove or yep. whatever the heck it was like visual manifestation of yes. god himself the shekinah glory yes boom that's what he talked about yes and i should share you those episodes because they're so good and i honestly probably miss so much 
go back and re-listen to them it's like reading a it's like reading another or like rereading the bible yes like there's so much you can pull from but anyway more um so then (laughs) moses says oh I will turn aside to see this great sight. His curiosity is is peaked. Why why the bush is not burned? Yes. Because like I said, it's of the it's in the bush, but it's not, it's not of the bush. Right. And they like, didn't have lighter fluid or gasoline. No. To, like picture you walking down the road and you just look over and there's just fire in the middle of the street. Well, anything that catches your attention and you rubberneck at. Yeah. Like of course your curiosity is peaked. Like yeah. And so he like inches closer and he's like, What is that? right mm-hmm. um and so when the lord saw that he had turned aside to see god called to him out of the bush moses moses and he said i am here and then he called do not come near take off your sandals for the place on which you are standing is holy ground so before we get too far into this whole thing i just want to point out the fact that we just got done talking about how moses was basically living this super humble life off the grid he was trying to stay off the grid while yeah he was 300 miles from egypt he was still one man there yes he still murdered someone yet this burning bush knew his name and called him by his name i would have thought i was hallucinating honestly well yeah i wonder if he thought he was hallucinating. i'm sure he did but he said i'm here Mm mm-hmm so would you uh, answer the bush <laughs> i think i don't know i would like to say yes but like mm, probably wrong. maybe too he had like some type of like supernatural feeling that like oh this is okay maybe i don't know though i have maybe. no idea no clue just maybe. that's all speculation the the fire was burning from its own power it was the visual manifestation of god's glory and he calls out to moses 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 which what no, go ahead. Go ahead. Which um, is the Hebrew method of addressing someone in intimate terms of affection. Mm-hmm. When they say Moses, Moses, or when they say Abraham, Abraham, or, or Samuel, 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 Samuel. Yeah. Intimate terms of affection. Yes. And I'm so sorry. it wasn't like Moses. Like yeah. it was like Moses. Come here to me. Moses. <laughs> Moses. Right? Um, one thing, sorry, just to go back a little bit. Like your mom or dad calling you in from the field. Yeah. Um, one thing I thought was interesting was is that the bush didn't call out to Moses until Moses started paying attention to it. Yeah. That he didn't turn and go, God didn't call him until Moses started paying attention to him. But hmm. He turned, he made a direct line to go to this burning bush. Okay. And that's when God called him. When he had, when he had turned aside to see. Hmm. Yes. And then that's when he says, Moses, take Moses, your take your shoes off. But this is holy ground. Yes. Um, I just thought that was interesting because that can be like people are saying, <laughs> I guess I shouldn't say people because myself i'm mm-hmm. like okay well god i want to hear you like talk to me but but are you really paying attention are you really listening yeah because god is going to call you know mm-hmm. so and i just thought that was very interesting and i never caught on to that in any other time that i had read through this but anyways that is very interesting anyways carry on so he tells him take your shoes off because this is holy ground so what made it holy <laughs> i don't know are I'm, you being sarcastic? Of course I am. Okay. <laughs> Did you really not think that I was? I don't know. I can't tell sometimes. You know that. Yes. I, so yeah. the presence of God obviously made it holy. Yeah. 
like it was very clearly the presence of god <laughs> only the presence of god that made it holy nothing else could have made it holy yes. i just like ate my microphone <laughs> So it was also the natural earth being touched by the supernatural God. Mm -hmm. So it was a holy place. It's very similar to crossing into a threshold, for example, moving from a secular time to a sacred time. Okay. Kind of like yeah, church. like a point of reverence or like when you go to like, like a, I'm sure you can wear of, your shoes in the most holy place. You shouldn't, you said? I said, I'm sure you shouldn't have, or you oh, couldn't no. have. In the, no. in the tabernacle, are you kidding me? You probably couldn't wear your shoes. No, and there was a specific place in the temple that nobody, nobody was allowed to go because it was considered sacred. Yep. Like that curtain, remember the veil that was torn the most after place. Jesus yep. was crucified. Yep. So he's crossing a threshold from his secular time to his sacred time with God, from mm -hmm. his natural environment to his supernatural environment with mm -hmm. God. Because God, I, I mean, that, I have the chills thinking about that. Seriously. Like, because I mean, it's like, you know, the feeling, yeah. you know, the feeling. Yeah. But at the same time, like God is everywhere. He has omniscience. So mm -hmm. like an omnipresence, like he is everywhere all the time. Always. He's the invisible God. Mm -hmm. But like when he makes himself known mm -hmm. is a holy place yeah wherever that is it's a holy place yes. that's why we're supposed to assemble the saints are to assemble yes god is with us always anyway so he took off his shoes and he came closer to the bush and he basically sat down for a chat he sure did <laughs> um and god said i am the god of your father the god of abraham and the god of isaac and the god of jacob and moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at god because there's nothing more terrifying for a sinner than to look into the holiness of God. Yeah. I would be scared. Um, scared is not even I, the appropriate terrifying. I would be oh, embarrassed, ashamed. Yes. Like, all the feelings. Yeah. And you know that too, kind of like when we were talking about earlier, like why was he living? Like why? I mean, he. he so, Okay. Going back to the fact that God introduced himself as the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, like the God he of did Jacob. to everybody of the patriarchs. Yes. And so we know that he, especially growing up for the first part of his childhood yep. in a Hebrew home, yep. he would have known who the God of I Abra Abraham, no, Abraham, <laughs> who the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob was because he would have been taught that I'm sure and would have heard it over and over again yep. and would have known that they were God's chosen people. Yeah. That that's who God made his covenant with. And what did he just do? He abandoned them. He left. I guess. Yeah. He knew well, all he the was trouble. A murderer. Yeah. Yeah. That. Mm -hmm. But like he knew that those were God's chosen people. He knew that he felt so strongly about the fact that they were oppressed to the point where he got so angry that he murdered somebody for it. But he left. Yeah. And then here is this. The almighty. Mm -hmm. The, you know. And he's like, Moses, come here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, once no. he realized who he was talking to, who was talking to him, really, he hid his face as he should. Yeah, exactly. As he should. Exactly. Because n no one is is worthy to look upon the face of God. Nobody. Uh, yeah, except for God himself. Exactly. But there's no mirrors no. up in heaven. So. No, but there's Jesus and God. I guess the trinity You're they right. could look at each other they can look at each other 
Anyway. It's like standing in a mirror. <laughs> Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> um, anyway. Unless you're pilot. Um, <laughs> anyways. Um, so the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land that is flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Perizzites? Perizzites? Yeah. And the Hivites. <laughs> Hivites and the Jebusites. Jebusites. Thank you. And then he continues, and now behold, the Mm -hmm. cry of the people of Israel have come to me, and I have also seen the oppression for which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So he's given him a mission. He has. He's given him a mission. I like how he says he saw, he heard he knew Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what going back to the last episode where in the end he said that he saw he remembered and he knew his covenant with abraham and all the people of israel being oppressed in egypt yeah but it also comes back to the fact that god sees all he hears all he knows all because of his omniscience yeah always Always. (laughs) (laughs) that just happened again anyway anyway so God is giving Moses a task. He wants him to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Did you ever sing that song when you were little? Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Mm. Oh, baby, baby, let my people go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so Moses is like, uh, I have questions. (laughs) Right? Right. I'm like, excuse me, sir. Mind you, he's not looking at him. Excuse me, sir. Right. He's talking to the guy. I just have a... I have a quick I have a quick I, question. Yes. His question is he has two questions. Two questions to start. Question number one. Question number one. Who am I to rescue the people from Egypt? Who am I? Like why why me? Right. You know? Um <laughs> and God's response is just appropriate. It's of course it is. But you know, his question is valid. He again, he's living this humble lifestyle as a shepherd to a flock that's not even his he has all of this education and all of this experience to be a priest of each priest prince of egypt Mm -hmm. and he's out here being a shepherd to Mm -hmm. his Mm father-in-law um he's at a menial job and you know he's probably sitting there thinking like what am i doing with my life why am i here yet god has such a bigger plan for him that he doesn't even know he doesn't even know so I don't know. Maybe is this the appropriate place to talk about the rabbit hole that I got dug into about, about. why did God pick Moses? Sure. Go why? Ahead. Why? Like not just in this specific case, but mm-hmm. like God could have could have very easily done this all. I mean, he himself. had providence from like, birth. Hmm? He had providence from birth. But I'm just saying like in general, like God could but have yeah, just he could have done sure. it himself. Yeah, of course he could have. But go ahead. So why? Why, do, why does God choose people? Why does God pick humans? Mm-hmm to do this work and i'm like that is like that is such a good question because from the beginning of time he has used humans Mind you, to accomplish his will when he could very well just do it him it would be easier it would be less messy yep. and it would get done a lot faster yep like done people are free pharaoh's gone let's move on but no so pharaoh, pharaoh. 
Okay. So he, you know, he uses uses humans for a multitude of reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, And not only does he choose humans, a lot of the times he chooses broken people and fallen people Mm -hmm. to glorify him. I mean, let's think about it. Abraham was a polygamist. You know, much like everybody else and his sons that followed him, he was a liar. He was a thief. Mm-hmm. He was. Let's you talk know, about Jacob. Like, right? We're going down that we're, hole. Right? Well, we might as well go to Isaac, who really didn't provide any type of sustenance. Yeah, or <laughs> spiritual sustenance. Nothing. Or example to his sons, he played favoritism. Um, was he also a liar? No, I don't think so. um and then we have his children who esau is mentioned you know for a little while but not really then later because he also is a pagan and yeah a polygamist jacob's a liar Um, con artist mm -hmm, that's the word yes he oh yeah Mm -hmm. and then we have now we have moses who is well, and then you have jo- yeah, Joseph and his family. Yeah. And then you have now this murderer. This- Going back to the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Cain. So seriously. So why does God pick these people? So one of the things that I immediately thought of was like, okay, well, why did... I personally believe one of the reasons God created humans was because he, when we talked about this in the very like beginning, is the reason God created humans is because he wanted somebody to love. He wanted somebody to share his love with. He wanted yeah. somebody to share the beautiful creation that he had made with. So, of course, he's going to give humans the opportunity to be able to do his will and share that opportunity with. Um, but also, too, because... people believe people especially if like you've somebody has been through something similar and they can see that you've made it out and you're on the other side of things let's look at like addiction for example Mm -hmm. somebody who is deep in it you know they're addicted to drugs um, alcohol whatever and you have somebody that's able to help them through it whether it be through i don't know whatever program that has already been there and then you like let's say somebody else who hasn't been through it but is also there who are you going to be able to more relate to and be more likely to listen to and follow through with Mm -hmm. the person who's already been through it um and the fact too that that god is supernatural so again back to the whole humans believe humans we're very visual not supernatural people like we will it's hard for us to believe something we can't see so we need something visual so really Mm -hmm. it's just god pretty much doing us a favor makes by and allowing some someone or something visual for us to see to do it makes sense so anyway well from the beginning from the beginning of time you know this was never the plan. Like he always knew that it was going to happen mm-hmm. the way it happened. Mm-hmm. But like his plan was to be with his people. Yeah. Plan A. Plan A was to be with his people before mm-hmm. sin entered the world and all of that mess in the fall. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the theophany of God, which he's an invisible God, but that's why I'm convinced that it was Jesus in the garden. Um, the theophany of God in the garden with Adam and Eve walking around with them um that would have been the entire world god walking around with yeah. these people like us knowing from birth who he is yes rather than 
being allergic him to it being him being lost in the in the noise yep to to all the other crap that people can think up you know yeah so of course he's not gonna be like you know i'm i'm god i'm here hey why do you think people laughed at jesus like you know even though he was in his human form they still were like mm, mm-hmm. you're crazy yeah so but that makes yes. sense but anyways, that was just a random. I don't understand why he chooses down. the broken people, but it makes sense. Um, I think just to show too, because without what, without a mirror, without a struggle, there's mm-hmm. no miracle. Mm-hmm. So that's anyway. So Moses, who am I? Why me? <laughs> I think first you have to know who God is before you can know who you are. Yeah, because he should thousand percent. be rooted in you. Mm-hmm. So. God's just like, don't worry about who you are. Know who I am. Mm-hmm. And how powerful is that? Mm-hmm. How powerful is that? And how hard is that for us? Mm-hmm. Like, it was like that. I think you sent me the reel or we saw a reel or a video clip somewhere where it was like, well, if I become a Christian, do I have to stop smoking weed? Yes. Once you center your life around Christ, he's going to take care of the rest. You know what my husband said the other day? He said that since I have gotten so dug down and like adamant in my life to make it a priority to read my Bible, to go to church, to do all of these things, because prior, you know, a couple years ago, I wasn't doing that. Mm -hmm. He said my mindset around a lot of things have changed dramatically. It's crazy. And I was like, you're right, because I know the truth. It's crazy. And to me, it's like to see where I was like, you know, we've talked about how we were brought up in christian homes and we were always it's raised different. it's different when you start <laughs> so like i'm gonna tear when you, up when, when you, you start- build a personal relationship yes. with god mm-hmm. it's just it's different it's life it's literally life-changing it is like the things that appeal to you before that are of this world are not they don't appeal they to don't you matter. anymore they exactly don't Ooh, i have chills <laughs> anyway so god said to to moses specifically he said but I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. The whole don't worry about who you are, know who I am thing as something I just whipped up in my notes as I was reading through here. And I was like, oh, that's good. It's so good. <laughs> yes. But it's seriously true. Like, don't worry about who you are. Trust that you know who God is. Know who I am. Which brings us to our next point. Yes. Our Um, next question with Moses and God. God says, no, Moses asked God that if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to him? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. And he says this, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. I am has sent me to you. They're so much in that freaking verse sit on that for a second just a little bit there's so so much how many letters is that three six nine nine letters three words Mm -hmm. i am who i am it's so simple Mm -hmm. but so powerful yep it is so talking about the hebrew here the i am who i am um translates yes am i saying this right the yahweh that's how i say it okay yahweh Yahweh. the yhwh 
which comes from the um, Hebrew word yeha, which means yes. to be. Yes. I Yes. I also read and yeah. saw that. So the I am, God is referred to himself that he wants to be memorialized. That is his name, I am. Um, um, and he's, Jesus refers to himself as the I am. He we does. refer to God as the great I am. Mm-hmm. Um, that is his memorialized name in English, but in Hebrew, it's Yahweh. Yahweh. And it's not something that's new. No, it's not. So like when... I, you know, he must have told somebody at some point, but like it's not an unknown name to the people of Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, it appears more than 160 times in the book of Genesis. Um, Mo- Moses' mother's name was Joshabed, mm-hmm. uh, meaning Yahweh is my glory. Yep. Moses and Israel knew the name of Yahweh. God did not give Moses a previously unknown name of God, but the name that they had known before. God, God called them back to the faith of the patriarchs, not to something new. So he said something that the Israelite people would have 1,000% recognized. Yeah, as soon as he said it, as soon as Moses would say this name, they would know exactly who he was talking about. I am who I am. He introduced himself in the eternal present. The eternal present. And R.C. Sproul had a whole thing, a whole thing in this series about his name and about what it meant and about what we learned from it. We have to do a breakout session about it because there's so so much. much. There's so much. There's like, like it's uncomprehensible. Like we literally literally, have no idea. No. Like he went into the origins of the universe and about how God introduced himself in the eternal present, the Yahweh, the Yaha, the to be is eternal. It's not (laughs) everything in this world is becoming. Mm-hmm. You know, we are constantly changing. And so we can't be the to be. There was never not nothing. You can't create nothing from, you can't create something from nothing. Correct. And you cannot have self-creation. God introduced himself in the eternal present that he was here way prior and he will be here way, way future. Mm-hmm. Forever mm-hmm. and ever. Like he's the mm-hmm. transcendent yes. God. Um, So love much. Him. Love him, that God guy. Love him. Yes. There's so much. <laughs> that we cannot comprehend about God himself and in his name that he gives us. It's just (laughs) ridiculous. It's unfathomable. Unfathomable. I'm looking to find R.C. Sproul's list of things that we can know from God giving us his name. I am who I am. Hold on one second. I'm going to quote him. You know, he's a necessary being. He cannot not be. Who? God. Yes, I know. It's crazy. So, in the burning bush, in the presence of God's name, we can find, I'm going to say the same words over a bunch of different times, but here we go. Get over it. Um, The revelation of the person of God, the revelation of the power of God, the revelation of the eternality of God, the revelation of the compassion of God, the revelation of the redemption of God, and the revelation of the truth of God. And literally, those nine words. It's everything. It's everything. It's everything. Because you can't... There's basically an equal sign there. Like, he is telling us who he is in every sense of the word. In all parts. Yeah. Like, the only other word that I can think of is is holy. Exactly. Exactly. But you can't put I am equals holy because that's not even it. No. You can't put in God is love. Because Because, you can't switch that around. No. And I am... Yeah. I... mm -hmm. 
I am who I am. I am equals I am. There's exactly. nothing else comparable to who he is. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we'll do a breakout episode. We yes. have to. Yes. <laughs> anyway, we're moving on from that. So, he told him, I am has sent you. Tell them that I am has sent you to, to free them from the Egyptians. Um, he basically tells him again everything he told him in the beginning. Yes. Tell them I am who I am. Yes. He says, tell them I am who I am. I am going to bring you out of this land where, I mean, this is not obviously not verbatim. I'm going to bring you out of the land where you were oppressed. Um, I'm going to take you to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. Yep. Um, and he tells him exactly what he should say to pharaoh he's like yeah tell them please let us go three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the lord our god but know that the king of egypt will not let you go unless you're compelled by a mighty hand so i will stretch out my hand and strike egypt with all the wonders that i will do in it after that he will let you go i'm so he's he's, literally telling him what's gonna happen he he is and he's telling him like this is what i want you to do but it's not gonna be easy you're going to need a mighty hand, i.e. you can't do this without me. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what's going to happen. He's going to tell you no. He says, but I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. He's mm-hmm. talking about the plagues that are going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders <laughs> that I will do in it. After that, he will let you go. So he's literally telling him the future. Yeah. Um. I don't get this next part, but maybe you will. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when you go, you shall not go empty. But each woman shall ask of her neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for silver and gold jewelry for clothing. You shall put them on your sons and your daughters. So you shall plunder the Egyptians. Is it because like they were slaves for so long and they're like taking so back what they... they're afraid of them. They're going to be afraid of them because of the final plague. Okay. Because they know that all of these things have happened. Because They've been that. told that all of these things have happened because of God and because okay. they are the chosen people and because they won't let them go. And then okay. the final plague, which we will, you know, eventually get to in detail, is it's tragic. Yeah. It's absolutely tragic. Oh, I know. And so then the Egyptians, they're afraid of them. And they're like, please just take whatever you want, take everything and get out and go. Mm-hmm so yeah basically they're plundering them they're like hey okay well we're leaving but give me everything you got thanks seriously and so yes so that is the end of chapter three is it it is it is finally we're here a freaking hour. hour oh my goodness are we okay. putting this all in one yeah okay i think the next two are gonna go by pretty quick i think so what do you think mm we can make it back up no i mean yeah i mean it'll be fine and like if you need a pause take pause break. intermission before we start chapter four because that first half was really heavy it was a uh, lot pause this have a little snacky finish it tomorrow whatever we're gonna keep going Come back to us um so chapter four and so can you believe this not only has he first questioned god like who am i who are you but now he's like but what if you're wrong yeah he's like he's he doesn't believe him he doesn't believe him he's like but what if they won't listen but 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 god what if you're wrong i'm sorry he just literally told you the future and you're not gonna believe him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm sorry moses i gotta i gotta i gotta question excuse me you moses you're time. right you're right who are you who are you who are you to question i am who i am 
Seriously. But what if you're wrong? And, you know, he, he gives him these powerful signs that he can perform to the people of Israel to say, hey, yes, the real. This is proof I for am, you. Has visited me. Yeah. He has and given me the these proof. signs. These are the proof. <laughs> Boom. Staff so, is snake. Staff is in a snake. He put his arm and his coat and it was leprosy all over it. Then he put it back and it was perfectly, perfectly fine. Again. Um, and then he said, if that doesn't do it, then take some water of the Nile, pour it onto the ground and it will become blood. Mm-hmm. Why blood? Uh, rest. Mm-hmm. The rest of his flesh. Okay. Um, so then Moses, after that, God's like, okay, what if I am wrong? Here are some signs to help you along the way. And then he goes again, Moses, oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. So now it's an excuse if he can't talk. Yes. And I just want to point out through this entire thing, Moses is focusing on himself. A hundred percent. He doesn't want to do it. He's focusing on himself. He's not focusing on God. He's not focusing on what God is saying to him. It's like, well, what if they don't believe me? Well, I can't speak and blah, blah, blah. But who are you? I don't know who you are. Who am I? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Anyway, so God's response. focusing on himself. (laughs) I love this. The Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Mm-hmm. go shut up and i will speak for you basically mm-hmm. yeah just do it yes and is this enough for moses no no oh my lord please send someone else <laughs> i mean i just i'm laughing because it's funny like i mean it's not it's, but at the end of the day it's not funny is it um his eye is twitching at this point but God. like <laughs> yeah how patient is he um but like like we're sitting here and we're like the audacity of this man like <laughs> it's like a child but go pick up your clothes but at the same no. time go pick up your clothes listen <laughs> did you brush your teeth go do it brush your teeth i can't i don't have teeth it <laughs> takes us 45 minutes to brush our teeth i can't anyway i'm I mean, not exaggerating continue, continue. <laughs> um you forgot what you were talking about i did <laughs> Oh, but like who, uh, the Lanton podcast, yes. I listened to an episode quite some time ago about people wanting to know God's will. When you find out God's will, who wants to do it? Who wants to willingly I saw a reel about it. that today. Like it was who? this guy. He was like singing some worship music, and God was like, "I love it when they sing this song to me." It's like the guy playing God. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, "I want you to go quit your job. Yes, and become I've an evangelist. seen that. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, I'm gonna change. He's the ignoring song. him. Yeah, yeah. And like who? And like no, like nobody. Like Moses, he's throwing a fit basically. When they and say like, take up your cross, like it's die to self take up your cross and go and it nobody is. wants to it do that is. don't worry about yourself worry about god and he will take care of the rest thank god for like Jesus. if he takes care of the flowers in the field and the sparrows in the sky why wouldn't he take care of what he considers to be his most precious creation and what he told you to do along the way like yeah I, anyway yeah. i just think it's and i'm going to use myself for an example here like this is i'm embarrassed by this i'm Don't like be embarrassed. no i'm it's embarrassing like okay. okay so i've been really trying to get up early in the morning to like do devotion like i think i've god has pointed out to me very blatantly mm-hmm. and 
a sin in my life yeah. and so um pride um <laughs> i just don't want anybody to think that it's something like terrible yeah, yeah i mean that's all sin is the same and that is terrible but i see what you're saying something like you know yes anyway continue. so i'm like okay well i'm gonna get up i want to start reading about you know i want to because in order for us to understand god's sacrifice and god's blah, 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 we have to understand our sin so i'm like okay i want to understand my sin i want to start to fix it so i pray every night you know god please give me the will to do your will to get up in the morning Mm -hmm. so I can read my Bible and center myself on you and everything. Yeah. And the other day I didn't have to be up, you know, at my normal time. Like I was able to sleep in more. So my alarm went off. Do you know what I said to him? Lord, thank you for letting me wake up, but please just give me the will to do your will. But in 30 minutes after I sleep in, (laughs) like, who am I? And he did it. He did it. He did it. I don't want to go to that city. Give me the one on the mountain over there. (laughs) But like, seriously, like that's the kind of stuff that we do. So like what Moses is doing, like I have done, you know? And Yeah. yeah, I'm being loud because it's, it's crazy like it's who am i yeah i want to give me your will to do give me the will to do your will but in 30 minutes please patience like patience that he clearly didn't have with moses here (laughs) (laughs) okay so moses is like please send someone else and it says then the anger of the lord was kindled (laughs) against moses so excuse after excuse after excuse of why he doesn't want to do this why he doesn't want to go to egypt why he doesn't want to set his people free who he uh, like associates with so much he doesn't want to go and do god's will and set them free he's like send someone else i can't talk right i don't want to like Mm -hmm. (laughs) everything no not me so god was not angry when he asked who am i when moses asked who am i he was not angry when moses asked who should I say sent me? He was not angry when Moses disbelieved his word. He was not, you know, he was not even angry when Moses falsely claimed that he was not and never had been eloquent. <laughs> okay? He wasn't mad at any of that. But he's angry when he is just plain unwilling to go. It's his unwillingness that makes God angry at Moses. It's not his unending questions because he answered them. It's not, you know, give me signs because he gave them to him. It's his unwillingness to do it is what makes him angry. Now, his unwillingness to get out of bed in the morning <laughs> probably makes We've him all angry. been there, okay? <laughs> we have all been there. I have. And I, I did have. apologize and ask for forgiveness. But like, <laughs> you see what I'm saying though? Like, yeah. it, like, we can all relate, Moses. We can. But why was he so unwilling? Why do you think he was so unwilling to go? I think there's a whole plethora of reasons. Do you think it's because he was comfortable with his lifestyle? I'm sure he was comfortable. I'm sure he was scared. I'm sure after he did what he did, after he murdered someone yeah. and then left, because even the Hebrews called him out on that, he was just going to show back up 40 years later and be like, all right, guys, I'm here to save you. Yeah like well he kind of put some of those things cities to make him you know whatever but he's like take my brother instead please aaron's here like he can speak fine um so he says you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth and i will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do he shall speak for you to the people and he shall be your mouth and you shall be as god to him take your hand the staff which you shall 
do the signs. So God is appointing Moses as a God above Aaron, which I saw a parallel because I was like, that's weird. Why would God call him a God? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, And basically God is telling his prophet Moses that he is like a prophet. No, that his brother Aaron is like a prophet to him. So Moses does not do anything that God mm-hmm. doesn't tell him to do. Okay. And Aaron doesn't yeah. do anything that Moses doesn't tell him yes. to do. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> the golden calf dilemma. Eat it. Anyway. Just eat it. So Moses returns to Egypt and on his way, he um, meets with his brother. He, he actually goes, he actually goes and talks to his father-in-law and says like, you know, can I go back to my people, make sure that my family's still alive? Um, he's like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. And he goes and rides on a donkey. Um, and they went to the land of Egypt and Moses took the staff of God in his hand. And it says, when you go back to Egypt, see that you do before Pharaoh, all the miracles that I've put in your power, but I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Again, he's telling him what's going to happen. Yeah. This is not going to be easy. And Pharaoh's going to tell you no. Yep. Over and over and over again. Yep. And the harden his heart part, I kind of had like a little hiccup on because I was like, wait, why would God harden someone's heart on purpose? But it's not against Pharaoh's will. He's just giving Pharaoh over to his sin. He's basically making it its true power of what he actually has mm-hmm. in his heart. Yeah. Instead of shielding it back. Because yeah. Think about it. If God actually gave us over to our sin, how much crap would happen? <laughs> and it's already bad. Yeah. Like <laughs> this goes to the whole free will thing. Like mm-hmm. God gives us the power to come out of it. Yeah. We can't come out of it on our own. We can't, obviously. So I found something, I think it was by Enduring Word. It says sometimes it says that God hardens the heart of Pharaoh. Sometimes it says that Pharaoh hardened his own heart. And sometimes it simply says that Pharaoh's heart was hardened mm-hmm. without saying who did it. What, you know, who really hardened Pharaoh's heart? We might say that it was both God and Pharaoh, but whenever God hardened Pharaoh's heart, he never did it against Pharaoh's will. Pharaoh never said, oh, I want to do what is good and right. And I want to bless these people of Israel. And God answered, no, for I will harden your heart against them. When God hardened, he allowed Pharaoh's heart to do what Pharaoh wanted to do. God gave Pharaoh over to his sin. Yep. It says, God does not harden men by putting evil into them, but by not giving them mercy. Yeah. (laughs) I'm stretching and yawning. Then ye shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son. And I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. If you refuse to let him go, behold, I will kill your firstborn son. Again, he's telling him what's going to happen. He's just warning him. I'm going to do it. He's telling Moses exactly what to say to the Pharaoh to tell to let him know what's actually going to happen mm-hmm. if he doesn't let his people go. Like, I'm warning you. Like, You're going to see the hand of God. You're going to see all the wonders that he can do in your land. And he's going to kill your firstborn son. <gasps> Would you have no idea the severity of that? Okay. Mm, this is just, not a joke. Just letting you know. Not a joke. So I also had a little tiff with um the next part here. It says, at a lodging place on the way, the Lord met him and sought to put him to death. I.e. talking about Moses. Yeah. He wants to kill Moses. He does. The guy, he literally just sent on a mission to free his people. Mm-hmm. Now, he is walking the path of God's plan. He's, he he's, you know, he's he's gone to Egypt as a representative from God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So if his house is not in order, that has to be corrected. Yeah. I mean, and who... 
how can he write laws mm-hmm. and say these are from God? You must follow these laws, but not follow them himself. Exactly. Exactly. Can't. So you that's, that's what happened basically here. That's why God sought to put him to death. So in my mind, this is how this went down. Um, they're at a hotel mm-hmm. <laughs> and the angel of the Lord comes up with like a flaming sword and takes Moses and like binds him basically to kill him. And his wife is freaking out and she knows why they're there mm-hmm. because it's probably her idea that they didn't do this in the first place. So she has to go and circumcise her son and basically show evidence of that circumcision to the angel of the Lord so that he does not kill Moses. Exactly. Because that's the whole point. Their son was not circumcised. He was not part of the covenant of God. Correct. And so that needed to be rectified. And in my brain, and a lot of things that I looked at was that his wife was apparently against the circumcision. Like she did not want it. She didn't want her kids to be circumcised. She was not an Israelite. She was from Midian, um, which came back all the way from Abraham. So she should have known the Abrahamic, 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 Abrahamic covenant because Midian, the guy came from Zipporah, mm-hmm. right? No, that's her name. No, that's her name. But I know he came. Yes. It, it, it came was an, from Abraham's second wife after yeah, Sarah died. Yeah. Was it Zipporah or was it Zephyr? I sort of with a K. It was a K, not a Z. It anyway, a it doesn't from matter. her, from her. From the second Mitra? wife. So, whatever. Um, anyway, so she should have known that's what was supposed to be done to their boys. Um, but anyway, that didn't happen. And so she had to circumcise her son and show that, you know. That she did it. That she did it. And so the angel would leave him alone. I'm a bride gr- a bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision. Gross. Hmm. So then the Lord said to Aaron, go to the wilderness to meet Moses. So he will meet him at the mountain of God and kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord, which he had sent him to speak and all the signs that he had commanded him to do. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the people of Israel. Aaron spoke all the words that the Lord had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel, and that he had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshipped. Did. So basically, Aaron took Moses' place because Moses didn't want to stand up in front of a bunch of people and do things. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still believed them anyway. The people of Israel did. Yeah. And that's the end of chapter four. That's the end of chapter four. Oh, chapter five. There's a lot, but not much. Right? Well, the, basically, so in chapter five, we're seeing... It starts off, Moses and Aaron are going to see Pharaoh for the first time. Yes. To say, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? Remember this part. Yeah. Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord. And moreover, I will not let Israel go. So he says, Nope. Very rudely. That's a no for me. Immediately no. Immediately no. I don't know who the Lord is. When yeah, yeah, you do, but that's fine because you gonna find out. Why did you take the people away? Play stupid games, get stupid prizes, Pharaoh. (laughs) Seriously, though. I mean, so Pharaoh's mad. Yeah, he's just like, no, 
we're not doing this. Um, make their work harder. Don't give them straw to make their bricks, but make them have the same amount of bricks. So now they have less time to make their bricks. They have to go out and get straw for themselves and they still have to make the same number of bricks. Yeah. Basically, he's double. No, I don't know about doubling the work. He's adding more work. He's adding much. more work by making them go get their materials. Yeah. With, instead in, of providing the materials for them. Which is dumb. So, so he's like, you know what? No, I'm not letting you go. And because you've come here and you've annoyed me and you asked what i think is a ridiculous question i'm gonna punish your people so he does and he does and really that whole part right there is them saying the same thing over and over again yeah yeah (laughs) i mean i mean that's exactly what it is that's what i was like yeah okay like they're beaten more they have more work to do they're not allowed to take breaks anymore like it's all this mess and so they met Moses and Aaron, who were waiting for them when they came out from talking to Pharaoh, the people, the Israelites. Mm-hmm. And they said to them, the Lord look on you and judge because you have made us stink in the sight of Pharaoh and his servants and have a and have put a sword in their hands to kill us. Then Moses turned to the Lord and said, oh, Lord, why have you done evil to these people? Why did you ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to these people and you have not delivered your people at all. Okay. Check yourself, Moses. Mm-hmm. But remember, 30 more minutes. Check yourself, Moses. <laughs> <laughs> he does need to check himself. And he also needs to remember, Yahweh told you this was going to happen. He did. But he like at the same time, happen. when God gave but, him this mission, he was me, me, me. Now, when the people of Israel are like, what did you do? He's like, you, you, you. you do? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It's exactly what it is. And think about, too, where Moses is coming from. Like, he's just... He I'm just the messenger. Thing. Yeah, he's just went through this whole thing. We're like, yeah, we're gonna do it. We're gonna get free. Yeah, and he goes to do it. Well, guys, so we're not free. You got more work, and to do. we're gonna have more work to do. So, I mean, hanging. I would absolutely be pleading with God, also. Right. So, but that's what they should have done. They shouldn't have blamed yeah. Moses. No. No. And through this whole thing, too, I think it's important to keep in mind that God is also strengthening the Israelites. Oh, yeah. He's bringing them closer to him through these trials and through all of this. And really, you can see the course of human history through the Israelite people, like in this instance, in that God left them in slavery for basically 40 years, 40 plus years Mm -hmm. without any anything mm-hmm. which they, he didn't leave them but you know what i'm saying yeah like, there were no signs there were no prophets there were no nothing there were no plagues there were no plagues yes. but like um and then he brings them out of egypt they wander in the wilderness for how many years and then at the end of all of that they're still worshiping golden calves and doing all this like they fail over and over and over and over again and that's just the course of human history Mm -hmm. we fall short of god and his glory and his grace all the time because we don't because center ourselves on him yeah we suck we We do suck absolutely we do suck (laughs) i'll say it again 30 more minutes like we don't center ourselves think about it I shouldn't say we because I can't again I can't speak for yeah, everybody yeah. and I know like I'm trying to do better and everything but you like speak for think, us. shut Me up <laughs> shut up um <laughs> but like 
Think about the times that have pushed you closer to God when Mm -hmm. you have been made so uncomfortable in your life because God has tried everything to call you to him. He continued to bless you through whatever Mm -hmm. and he calls you to him. He has to get your attention in oftentimes, well, I shouldn't say oftentimes, but a lot of times some type of traumatic way. Yeah. So... Why did we go down that rabbit hole or that tangent? Because faith comes in the waiting. It does. Without a struggle, there There is is no no miracle. miracle. Because think about like if, think about Moses' story. If he were to say, yeah, God, I'll do what you say. When he asked, hey, Pharaoh, can we just, we want to go. Yep. Go ahead and go. Yeah. It would not be so... I mean, we would not riveting would, so dramatic we wouldn't so, get to see the glory of exactly, god exactly exactly because that's what he's doing with these plagues and everything that's Don't about to happen trust the process trust god yeah with 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 everything that's about to happen we see that he is proving time and again who he is exactly so anyway that's it we came finally we're here that's all she wrote i guess everybody that's listening here um can probably guess what our favorite verse is yeah i think so (laughs) go ahead i'm just flipping to it exodus chapter 3 verse 14 god said to moses i am who i am and he said say this to the people of israel i am has sent me to you yes we need to do a tangent a whole episode. episode a whole episode on the i am because there's so much there's to unpack so we could probably much. do like 10 episodes there's on so that. many series there's so many there's so much yeah because it's god it everything is. that he is everything that he encompasses everything that he stands for is in those words yes so on our next episode we will be discussing exodus oh my goodness we're in exodus going back in time exodus chapter six through eight and that will be up next monday at 7 p.m eastern standard time so thank you for so much for tuning in today's episode we hope you've enjoyed the time we spent in god's word and we hope to see you next time thanks for listening Mm -hmm.